This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call. I think we're having some audio problems on Facebook, trying to get to the bottom of that now. So uh, hang with us. Uh, Hopefully we can figure out what the uh, problem is, but... uh, Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call. A lot to get to this morning. Of course, a lot of baseball news, as you would expect. Um, But uh, we've got some other things going on around sports this morning that we want to get to. And first, here in the state of Connecticut, um, athletes and uh, a couple of managers from the University of Hartford Athletic Department have filed a lawsuit against the university uh, trying to um, get Hartford to reverse its decision to move from Division Three to, or from Division One, I, I should say, to Division Three. Uh, so you know, uh, I don't know if they're going to have any success doing that, but. Uh, they're giving it a shot anyway. I guess it's worth a shot. It's probably the last Hail Mary that you have. So uh, we'll have to see whether that is successful or not. Uh, I hope we have, I don't know for sure if we have the audio problem solved on Facebook. I think we do. If somebody wants to let me know, that'd be great. Um, but anyway, so um, they have filed a lawsuit. They're being represented by a, a firm out of Hartford, and uh, so we'll see whether they'll have success or not. I would not bet the farm on it if I were them. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, it's it's worth a shot. But I just think that it's going to be very difficult for them to prove. You know, they're saying, they look, uh, when we were recruited, um, we were told we'd be able to play Division One athletics for up to five years, yada, yada, yada. And I get all that. All right, I do. But at the same time, you know, you have to wonder whether that is going to fly. Because at the end of the day, the University of Hartford is a business. You know what I mean? Uh, so whether um, these these athletes can dictate to the University of Hartford how they run their business is another question. Um, you know, and now the suits being brought by one of them is a sophomore men's basketball player. There's, uh, athletes from the soccer team, from the lacrosse team. Um, and I can't remember what other ones, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's oh, the a volleyball team. I think, I don't think they're going to be successful, but as they put it this morning, it's probably 
you know, uh, our last chance to do anything here. There's been all kinds of protests around campus um, in the city of Hartford. I just don't I just don't know that they're going to have any luck. And look, there's no question that it appeared that the study that was done was flawed. You know, the, the, the study that they did um, to determine that moving to Division Three was the right thing to do uh, appeared to be flawed. If you look at some of the numbers uh, that were put out there, they were not um, realistic numbers. But again, at the end of the day, can you dictate to a company how to run their business? That's, you know, that's the question. And, and I don't know, I don't have an answer to that. So uh, we shall see what's going on. And we're still having problems with the audio on Facebook Live. So uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, I'll continue to effort that this morning uh, as we uh, we'll try to get it to you as, as quickly as we can. Uh, anyway, so that's where we're at as far as the University of Hartford goes. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not I'm not optimistic. Now, the other big news uh, sports wise, and this is a global thing, is that. With the Olympics less than. Two weeks away. Japan has declared a state of emergency. Um, <laughs> and that means that. There is for sure going to be no fans. Um, so you know it's we're going to have look we look we had a uh, an NHL season last year where we had no fans. We had a basketball season where there were no fans. Everything was in the bubble, and. You know, the games went on. The games were the same. They tried to pump in crowd sounds to, you know, I guess make it seem more normal. But it's going to be a strange Olympics if we truly have no fans there. And it doesn't sound like we're going to. So... Um, for those of you watching on Facebook, I'm doing my best. I don't, I mean, you, you probably can't even hear me tell you I'm doing my best, but I'm doing my best to figure out what's going on. But anyway, so, uh, and look, here's the thing. And Japan only has 15% of their population vaccinated. 15%. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, whether, you know, if, if you want to be upset, I guess be upset with the Japanese people for not getting on board um, with the fact that, that that we should have vaccinations. You know, I mean, I, I could, you know, I could see people being upset about that. But at the same time, you know, just like here in the United States, we have a bunch of people not getting vaccinated. You can't force people to do it. I mean, I guess you could try. Don't think that would go so well, but I guess you could try. So, uh, and, and 
nobody in Japan, it sounds like the population in general in Japan does not want this Olympics to go on. They really don't. Um, but the International Olympic Committee is not going to cancel this Olympics. Why? Well, it's all about the money. You know, as we know, money drives everything. And uh, 75% of the income that the International Olympic Committee gets is because of the broadcast rights to the Olympics. It's that simple. So, uh, you know, you don't have to go any farther than that, right? You really don't. It's, it's, it's all about the money. And that's a shame. You know, it really is. Uh, you know, and as for the athletes that go, what does it mean? Well, it means that they're not going to be able to go out to bars. There'll be no bars. There'll be no, uh, you know, uh, they can't go out and do karaoke. Do you care? I mean, do I care whether they can go out and do karaoke or not? No. But that's what we're looking at here. There'll be no karaoke. There'll be no going out to restaurants. It's going to be a bubble situation. You know, that's that's where we're at. So, you know, and I guess if that's the sacrifice that you have to make to be able to participate in the Olympics, well, that's what you do, right? Um, but, again, 75% of the IOC's revenue, there's no way they're canceling these Olympics, especially at this point. And it looks like we have our sound back on Facebook. You know, this, this whole technology, I'm way too old for all this technology stuff, but I think we got it figured out, so thank God for that. Um, so that's where we're at as far as the Olympics go. Um, in the category of athletes behaving badly, we've got a couple of stories about that this morning. We already have no, we, we've already heard too much about Trevor Bauer. Um, and we already know that uh, Dave Roberts announced that he will not be coming back to the Dodgers when his administrative leave is up this Friday. They, they, they had to do that. You can't have him back. It'd be a three-ring circus. Well, now in light of that, the Dodgers have canceled a planned Trevor Bauer bobblehead night at Dodger Stadium. It wasn't scheduled to happen until August. I want to say August. I think I heard August 19th. So they've already canceled that. They have also uh, uh, taken all of his merchandise out of their store. And not just their store in Dodger Stadium. They've taken his merchandise off of their online store as well. So you can't go on to the Dodger or Major League Baseball website right now and order a Trevor Bauer jersey. Not that I think people are lining up to do that in light of the news that, uh, you know, of what, what he's being accused of. But the Dodgers are being very proactive here. I think they're trying to stay ahead of the potential PR nightmare. I mean, it's already a nightmare, you know, with what happened with Bill Cosby getting out and, and uh, you know, all these other incidents we've had around other sports about domestic violence and everything else, you know, 
and, and I did a podcast last night, uh, the Boys of Summer podcast that you can hear on Sports Country Radio with my friends Paul Arnold and Eric Braun. And, you know, Paul Arnold asked me last night, he said, can you remember any kind of a parallel instance like this in sports like Trevor Bauer being accused of what he's being accused of. And, you know, most of the time when we hear about things with athletes, it's domestic abuse, right? It's, it's a, you know, hitting a partner or something like that. This one is, this is a, this one's sorted. This one's kind of icky. I mean, this is about, you know, this is about sex, right? And when you put the, you know, when you put SEX, uh, in anything, people lose their ever-loving minds. And this is a case of he said that she wanted rough sex. She said, well, yes, I did, but I didn't want it that rough. Uh, you know, And but w- supposedly the pictures that the Pasadena Police Department have show her with two black eyes, a bloody lip, a swollen lip, uh, scratch marks. Uh, you know, I can't think of anything that is this salacious. And the problem is, in order for Trevor Bauer to defend himself here, and his agents have, he hasn't said a word, but his, his agents have claimed that it's, you know, wholly consensual. And so in order for him to defend himself, if this ends up going, if he gets arrested and this goes to court, in order for him to defend himself, what does he got to do? He's got to go after the accuser and say, yeah, yeah, she's full of it, you know, and she's lying. And that's the problem that we have in society today where women don't want to come forward because they get put on the stand and they get put on trial. At the same time, you're innocent until proven guilty. You have the right to defend yourself. So it is a no-win situation for everybody. And the guys caught in the middle, the guys on the Los Angeles Dodgers, his teammates, you know, you know look, these guys now have to navigate this with reporters want to ask you, well, you know, you know, when, when August comes around and they're not in first place, well, do you think you'd be in first place if you still had Trevor Bauer, you know, or if he comes back well, and and they're not winning well, do you think, you know, what's going on with Trevor Bauer? Do you think that's a distraction? And is that hurting the club? I mean, there is no win here, but the Dodgers are trying to stay in front of it, trying to, I, I think in some ways be, uh, I don't know if sympathetic is the right word, but at least, you know, you want to acknowledge that there's something not great going on here and that you you want to give the woman a chance to have her say. You want to give the system a chance to work the way it's supposed to work. Um, and, and I think they're trying be, because we all know what the Twitter universe and, and social media would do to the Dodgers if they just welcomed them back on Friday and everything was normal you know it would be a nightmare. So they have no choice. I mean, when, and when you've got a guy like Dave Stewart who came up in the Dodgers system, a guy who is a you know Cy Young Award winner, a guy who was one of the best pitchers of his time, saying that he will have nothing to do with the Dodgers and he refuses to go to uh, – uh, they've got an anniversary coming up of one of their world championships that he was a part of. He wants no part of it. He said, I'm not going. Now, maybe he'll change his stance with the fact that the Dodgers are not welcoming him back right away and they've taken him. I mean, maybe he'll change his stance. They're not doing this just to appease Dave Stewart. But you would think that might be a part of it. Um, But at the end of the day, the system has to play itself out. We have to let the justice system work. uh, But it's just ugly. And, you know, the fact that 
you know, they're on the hook for Trevor Bauer for $102 million in three years. He just signed that contract, you know, after winning the Cy Young with the Reds last year. And I don't know if there is a morals clause in his contract. Paul asked me that in the podcast last night. I have no idea. I mean, I, you know, I got to – I don't know that that's a normal, a standard thing that's put into contracts, but perhaps, perhaps, you know, but there's been no word that that is the case. But, you know, maybe there's a chance that they could cancel his contract. But, again, you can't do that until – the system plays out. If he is found guilty of, if he's arrested and found guilty of a sexual assault and there's a morals clause, well, then there you go, you know, but outside of that, I'm not sure that they can just cancel your contract. I mean, Roberto Osuna went through that with Houston. We've, uh, Marcel, or I mean, Roberto, um, yeah, it was Osuna. And then Marcel Ozuna, um, with the Atlanta Braves being accused of hitting his wife and, you know, but there's no talk about canceling contracts. These guys are still going to get paid. They're not going to be with the club, but they're still going to get paid. So it's a it's a mess. It really is. Uh, but I think that the Dodgers don't have a lot of choice here. Um, and then in Argentina, Angel Cabrera, who is a two-time winner, a two-time major winner, I should say, uh, on the PGA Tour, was sentenced yesterday to two years in prison in his home country of Argentina for assault against his former partner. He had been accused of assaulting, threatening, and harassing a woman that was his domestic partner between 2016 and 2018. Uh, his ex-wife had also accused him of assault at one point, uh, as did another former partner. I mean, this is a guy that has a history uh, obviously of problems with women so now he's going to jail for two years and his problems may not be over um, the prosecutors indicated that there may be more charges against Cabrera coming down the line what I mean talk about a, a fall from grace this is a guy that you know won the uh, 2007 U.S. Open he won the 2009 Masters he had, you know, he won three times on the European tour. Uh, he won a couple of uh, uh, other tournaments on the PGA tour, but he hasn't. He hadn't won an individual tournament since the Greenbrier in 2014, and uh, obviously uh, a very, uh, a very disturbed dude, and is going to jail for a couple of years. So that's enough of the bad news. <laughs> it's like this is like the police blotter. We got a you know University of Hartford student suing. Uh, you know we've got uh, Trevor Bauer. We've got Angel Cabrera. It's like you know this is like a you know an episode of Cops. This is awful. Uh, last night though, uh, some good news: the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup championship for the second consecutive time. Andre Vasilevsky wins the Conn Smythe Trophy as the MVP um, of the Stanley Cup, and rightly so. Uh, last night, he was not. You, I mean, he was great. Period. Um, the Canadians were all over the Lightning last night, trying to force this thing uh, to a game six in Montreal. But you know, Vasilevsky was great last night. Shut him out. One nothing. You know, and this is a guy that all season, um, or I should say all playoffs, 
every time his team lost, he came back big in the next games. Listen to this stat. Including last night's final. In games after a loss, Vasilevsky stopped 135 of 141 shots that he saw. That's what you call clutch. And th- by the way, this kid is 27 years old. He's young. He's got five consecutive series clinching shutouts in the playoffs. Five. Dating all the way back to the 2020 final last year. That's a, Nobody has ever done that before in the NHL. Gary Bettman, when he was giving him the con Smythe last night, uh, likened him to Ken Dryden. Ken Dryden, one of the best goalies in the history of the NHL. And when you talk about, when you can be mentioned in the same name as Ken Dryden, you know you're doing pretty good. This kid is 27 years old, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and uh, good for the Lightning. And, I, you know, the, I said to my wife last night, we were watching it, and the stands were absolutely packed. And you know, so I was kind of glad, you know, that I said, well, at least the hurricane or, you know, slash tropical storm didn't keep people away. It, it, the storm actually landed, went north a little bit. So the folks in Tampa were out in force last night. And a fun atmosphere and a one nothing game in a Stanley Cup final. What else can you ask for? You know, it was great. Absolutely great. What was not great yesterday? Um, Boston Red Sox. The last couple of games, if you're a Red Sox fan, very frustrating. You know, it was a game yesterday. And yesterday, look, Shohei Otani hit one to the moon. Jared Walsh hit a bomb. Uh, actually hit two bombs. You know, the solo home runs killed the Red Sox last night. But the reason this game was so frustrating, Eduardo Rodriguez has had a tough first half of the season. There's no question about it. I mean, his ERA is five and a half in 17 starts, covering about 90 innings. It's not what you're looking for out of your ace, right? Um, But yesterday was a game where... He pitched well enough to win. I know that's going to sound ridiculous when you look at his numbers and see that, you know, the Angels appeared to have hit him all over the ballpark, right? He went five innings, and he gave up nine hits and four runs. Now, he didn't walk anybody. He struck out five. But what was frustrating about it, of the nine hits that he gave up yesterday, seven of them, and I know I'm not a big, you know, I, I don't get big into analytics in terms of, you know, how hard a home run was hit and how far it was hit and what the, you know, the launch angle was. But this is a very telling thing yesterday. Of seven of the nine hits against Erod yesterday were a hit less than 80 miles an hour. In other words, they were bloops, bleeders. I mean, that guy, uh, Fletcher, I mean, this kid, I hate this kid. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, he had a couple of hits yesterday that were literally off the end of his bat. David Fletcher's hitting 298, but he hits, he's like one of those old-fashioned guys. I used to say he was a banjo hitter. He just puts the bat on the ball, and he had a couple yesterday, one that went off the bat at about 50 miles an hour. Shohei Otani had an RBI single early uh, in the game uh, that was 50 miles an hour. I mean, and if you're Erod, I mean, all you can do is, I mean, I guess you, I mean, you shake your head, and all you can do is smile because there's not, not a damn thing you can do about it. He pitched well enough to win that game. 
Now, you know, the Red Sox bats, look, they had nine hits yesterday. They were four for 13 with runners in scoring position, but you can't overcome luck. And there's no other way to put it where, you know, those balls that were hit by the Angels yesterday, by and large, with the exception of the three that left the ballpark, and the three that left the ballpark were all solo shots. You know, with the exception of those, the Red Sox pitched well yesterday. And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous. By the way, Speaking of pitching well, Garrett Whitlock came on and pitched the uh, eighth inning for the Red Sox, struck out the side. Every, the, this kid gets better every time I see him. But that was a, a frustrating game. The night before with Otani pitching, frustrating game, no doubt. And after such a great start, you know, to that road trip, they're going to come back from the West Coast 3-3. Three and three. But as Alex Cora pointed out, you know, before the season, if you're looking at the schedule and you say, okay, you're going to go to California, to Oakland, and to the Angels, and you're going to come back 3-3, three and three, he said, I would have taken that right away. You know, he said, I would absolutely sign up for that. So, you know, the problem was is that Tampa's starting to heat up again. Tampa swept a doubleheader yesterday. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. But they sweeped a doubleheader yesterday. They're now two and a half back. They've won four in a row. Here we go again. I mean, I guess the only good news if you're a Red Sox fan is that Tampa's getting ready to play Toronto in the next series, uh, and uh, the Red Sox are going to take on a Phillies team that is beatable, and they won't have to see uh, Zach Wheeler. They will see... uh, They will see a couple of their better pitchers, but they're not going to see Zach Wheeler, which is a beautiful thing. They'll see Aaron Nola. But at the end of the day, that's a Phillies team that's beatable. And if you're the Red Sox, you got to hope that the that the Blue Jays get hot, you know, and uh, they can take care of Tampa. But again, you know what? Three and three is okay. This Red Sox team, you know, despite the frustration the last couple of nights, is still twenty games over five hundred. And, and and you know, you get so greedy, but you have to keep in perspective. This is a Red Sox team that most people thought were go- was going to finish uh, at best third in the division, and a lot of people thought they were going to be fourth, just ahead of the Orioles. And here we are, uh, you know, a handful of days before the All-Star game, and the Red Sox are 20 games over 500. So it's, it's, it's hard to keep it in perspective, but you really need to do that. It's uh, 32 minutes past the hour. We've got to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 34 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call on a Thursday morning, getting ready for Uh, Some more severe thunderstorms this afternoon here in the state of Connecticut. And then we're supposed to get the remnants of uh, Tropical Storm Elsa here Thursday night into Friday. Um, The good news is it's a tropical storm and, you know, 40-mile-an-hour winds we can handle. But uh, those of you on the shore, I guess it might get a little bit dicier. So uh, stay safe. Uh, And they're saying we could have some power outages. So we're planning to have a show tomorrow as long as we don't have power outages here. But, you know, we're usually pretty good here where I am in Middletown. But we shall see. All right, so the uh, I mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays. They sweep a doubleheader from the Indians. Boy, boy, talk about a team that is taking on water. Cleveland Indians have lost nine in a row now. They are at 500. They were in the midst of a, a really tight race with the Chicago White Sox, and they have fallen off a cliff. You know, now, now they got to worry about whether they can stay ahead of the Detroit Tigers or not. Think about that. Uh, game one of the doubleheader yesterday, the Rays win it 8-1. to one. Michael Waka, six solid innings. Um, 
four hits, one run, struck out six. Uh, Sheriff pitched a scoreless ninth, but an easy victory in game one for uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, Brendan Lau, and uh, Brett Phillips all with home runs in game number one. Game number two got interesting. It was a combined no-hitter for the Rays in game number two. Colin McHugh uh, and four relievers combined for a seven-inning no-hitter. Struck out eight, walked two. Of course, according to Major League Baseball, this does not count as a no-hitter. The same way Madison Bumgarner threw a seven-inning no-hitter earlier this season for Arizona, it doesn't count. There's been seven that counted this year and two that didn't. Now, you know, I've been thinking about this. And if you remember, there was some shifting of what a no-hitter was. Major League Baseball put together a committee back in the early 90s that determined that a no-hitter had to be nine innings or more. Well, here's the problem. Major League Baseball has now changed the rules so that we have scheduled seven-inning games. It's not like the game was rained out. It's a scheduled seven-inning game. So if Major League Baseball is going to do that, if they're going to make that an official game and they're going to keep that in place, you have to start counting no-hitters of seven innings that occurred during a doubleheader. It's not, Look, you know, it's not fair. You know, it's it, look, you, you, if you said we were playing seven innings. I no-hit him for seven innings. Why doesn't that count? You know, I, that's just my personal opinion. And at the end of the day, it's a bookkeeping thing. It doesn't really matter. But we've really had nine no-hitters this year, which is amazing. Um, but uh, And the Rays win the second game, 4 nothing, And uh, as we said, you know, they have gotten red hot, and they are right back uh, on top of the Red Sox. Uh, four wins in a row. Now, they're only playing 500 ball over their last 10 because they had taken a bit of a nosedive, but, you know, the Red Sox stumbling in a couple of games in Anaheim allowed Tampa to crawl back into this thing. So uh, the Yankees yesterday, oh, by the way, they finished the series today. Uh, Zach Plesak is returning to the mound today. He's been out since May 26th with a broken uh, right thumb. Um, and... Uh, He's going to pitch for the Indians in their next game. And look, uh, the Indians, uh, Terry Francona is not getting fired. Okay, uh, and, and I think this Indians team is better than a 500 ball club. But it is looking more and more likely that the wild card is going to come down to the third place team in the American League East or the Oakland Athletics. Right now, the two wild cards, um, you know, it would be the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland Athletics. But you can't count out Toronto or the Yankees. Um, but it is looking more and more likely where the, the Cleveland Indians are not going to be a playoff team. And, and that surprises me because I still thought, despite everything, that this team had enough pitching uh, to get them into the playoffs. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, the Yankees win yesterday. They jumped on uh, the Seattle Mariners. Yusei Kikuchi, who was just named to his first All-Star game, uh, well, didn't go well for him yesterday. He allowed 11 base runners in five innings, eight hits and three walks 
and ended up being charged with five runs as the Yankees win this 5-4. to four. The Yankees opened up a 3 nothing lead in the first. It was 5-1 at the end of two, and then they had to hold on for dear life. Uh, Aaron Judge with a two-run home run in this one. It was his 20th home run of the season. Uh, Tom Murphy with a three-run homer in the sixth inning off of Domingo Herman. Uh, got Seattle back within a run, but then Jonathan Luizaga with a scoreless eighth. And get this, Chad Green came on to pick up the save for the Yankees, his third of the season. Uh, the Yankees stayed away from Aroldis Chapman in a closing situation because why? Well, because he's been awful. He's got an ERA of like, you know, 18 uh, over his last six six appearances. So Chad Green comes on and picks up the save for the Yankees in this one. Um, look, uh, and, and the funny part about this, too, is Domingo Herman was supposed to be the starter in this game, but he had uh, an emergency root canal done during the day yesterday, so they determined that he wasn't going to be able to pitch, so they started Nick Nelson uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, Nelson uh, walked three guys. <laughs> <laughs> and so they got him out after two-thirds of an inning. Luis Sessa came on. He's been great out of their bullpen. Three and a third scoreless innings. And then Herman comes out of the bullpen and pitches three innings in relief, despite the fact they said that he wasn't good enough to start. He came out to, uh, to pitch three innings, and uh, he was pretty good. He struck out five over three innings. The problem was is he gave up that home run to Tom Murphy, and uh, all the runs were unearned, though. Uh, because of a fielding error by Gio Urshela in that inning. So uh, they ended up being unearned. But at the end of the day, uh, that made it a very interesting game. Uh, they will complete their series today. Jordan Montgomery will get the start. Uh, he is 3-3 three and three with a 4-1-7 ERA. And then Logan Gilbert will make his 10th start of the season, uh, this time uh, taking on the New York Yankees. Uh, the Yankees have won the first two games uh, of that three-game series. Uh, the New York Mets yesterday split a doubleheader with the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, but the news out of uh, this series was the fact that Jacob deGrom announced that he is not going to the All-Star game. Uh, now, he pitched yesterday and uh, went seven innings. He gave up two home runs, two solo home runs, four hits. He struck out 10, didn't walk anybody. His ERA actually went up over one. It's now 1.08. Did not get the decision. Edwin Diaz uh, wins it in the first game of the doubleheader as uh, the Mets score two in the bottom of the eighth inning to win it 4-3. to three. Uh, But DeGrom has said that he is going to take the time off and just enjoy some off time with his family. There's been some talk about he would pitch on short rest on Sunday. I still find that hard to believe. But even if he doesn't, he wants to start the first game for the Mets out of the All-Star break. Um, and there's obviously going to be a lot of people disappointed that he's not going to be there. He's been the best pitcher in the National League by far, maybe the best pitcher in baseball by far. Um, and so there'll be people that are upset. But, look, you can't force these guys to go to the All-Star game. It's an honor, but it's not a command performance. And when it comes to DeGrom, let's remember that he skipped a start at the between the end of April and the first week of May because he had some issues um, with a lat muscle. Then he didn't pitch 
until, what, May the 25th. He spent time on the injured list with some tightness in his right side. And then, remember back on June 11th, he left his outing against the Padres because of some tendonitis in the flexor in his right arm. So this is a guy that's had some issues all season long. So why would you want to go to the All-Star game? You know, now maybe he could go, I guess, and just say, hey, I don't want to pitch. <clears throat> but it sounds like he's not even going to do that. But, you know, you can't force him to pitch. A guy that, especially a guy that's been as good as he's been, but also a guy that has exhibited some issues health-wise this year. I think, you know, if you're the Mets, I don't think they're disappointed that he's not going, to be honest with you, uh, at all. Now, and the first thing that he did when he said that he wasn't going, he said, well, you know, maybe that means, you know, Taiwan Walker will get an opportunity. And, and look, there's no doubt, Taiwan Walker, if you want to look at snubs in the All-Star game, he would be a guy that you could point to. Taiwan Walker in the first half of the season is 7-3 and three with a 2-4-4 ERA. Uh, he's actually going to pitch today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. If he has a great outing against the Pirates, I think it's going to be hard for Major League Baseball to not install him as the replacement um, for Jacob DeGrom. I was trying to think, you know, if there were any other starters in the National League that got snubbed and belong uh, to go to the All-Star game, and I really couldn't think of one. Uh, other than perhaps um, Max Scherzer, you know, so it might come down to Max or or Taiwan Walker. Uh, Max uh, Max Scherzer's got an ERA, I think, of two point oh eight, which is better than uh, uh, than Taiwan Walker. So we'll see. But Degrom has said he's not going to go. Then in the second game of the doubleheader, the Brewers bounce back and uh, they shut out the Mets in game number two, five nothing. Uh, Anderson got the start, went the first four, and then the bullpen does a nice job after that. Uh, Robert Stock got his first start for the Mets and uh, went four innings, gave up four hits, two runs, walked a couple of guys. Uh, he falls to 0-2, and, um, and uh, they got to the uh, Mets' bullpen as well. So uh, Milwaukee bounces back. They now are now 52-36, and Milwaukee with a six-game lead in the NL Central over the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds with a win yesterday. Uh, they beat the Kansas City Royals 5-2. to two. Solid start yesterday for Sonny Gray. Uh, picked up his second win of the season. You know, his, his record's not very good, but, you know, his ERA is 3.19. Yesterday, seven innings, seven hits, two runs. Uh, he struck out seven, walked two. Uh, Heath Embry, formerly of the Boston Red Sox, picked up his fourth save in uh, five opportunities as the Reds win this one. Um, and uh, Tyler Molly is going to get the start for the Reds today. They've got a big series. This is We're going to find out if the Reds are for real very quickly. They start a series with the Milwaukee Brewers today. It's going to be uh, Tyler Molly, who is 7-3 with a 3-6-3 for Cincinnati against Adrian Hauser for the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, at the end of uh, this weekend... You know, going into the All-Star game, uh, we'll know pretty quickly whether we're going to have a race in the NL Central or not because if Milwaukee loses this, they bury Cincinnati. The Cubs have already buried themselves, and uh, the Cardinals just can't seem to get anything going. Uh, so this race could be over at the All-Star break the way things are going. It's 47 minutes past the hour. we got to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.
It's 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Thursday morning. So the San Francisco Giants finally righted the ship yesterday. They have uh, lo- they had lost six of nine, but uh, they come back and they beat the St. Louis Cardinals last night, five to two. Uh, Alex Wood, really good last night. Uh, seven innings, three hits, one run. Picked up his eighth win of the season. Lowers his ERA to three point six seven. Uh, Taylor Rogers pitches the eighth, and then Jake McGee picks up his 17th save of the season. Uh, Darren Ruff, his eighth home run of the season last night for San Francisco. Mike Yastrzemski with an RBI double uh, in the game as well. Uh, Donovan Solano did the same thing. And so the Giants, who had lost the first two games of this series to the Cardinals, uh, come back to win that one last night. Big win for them because uh, the Dodgers lose. The Padres lose, and so now San Francisco has a game-and-a-half lead in the NL West. Inexplicably, the Dodgers have lost three in a row, um, and the Padres got absolutely thumped last night. Uh, but a, a nice win for the Giants. You know, one of the qu- things I, I was asking my guys on the podcast last night was, uh, uh, can San Francisco hold on? I per- you know, And I'd like them to because I think they're a great story, you know, and I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Gabe Kapler's. Uh, but I just, I you know, I just keep wondering if Alex Wood and Anthony DiScalfani and and guys like that can continue to to do what they've been doing. They are, uh, you know, they're both having career years. I mean, I know we're only halfway through, but they are doing things that they've never done in their career before. And so I really question whether they're going to be able to hold on. I hope they do. I absolutely do. Uh, the Cardinals will have the day off today, and then they've got a series coming up against the Chicago Cubs. And the winner of that series will be the only other team in the NL Central that has a chance to be in the mix. Uh, you know, one of those teams will be toast after this one's over. Um, the uh, Giants also have today off. They have a series starting against the Washington Nationals on Friday. Uh, Logan Webb, who, again, another one of these guys that's uh, having a nice season, 4-3 and three with a 3 8 ERA, will get the start against the Nationals on Friday. Um, the Dodgers lose last night to the Miami Marlins. Uh, Jesus Aguilar with a three-run home run in the ninth inning, the difference in this one. Uh, it came off of Edwin Yuseta, uh over the left field wall. It was his 14th home run of the season. Um, and not only that, and things get worse for the Dodgers, uh, they lost their third straight to the Marlins. They lose three out of four in that series to the Marlins. But they also announced yesterday that Clayton Kershaw, their ace pitcher, is on the 10-day injured list because of left elbow inflammation. And, you know, I don't want to keep going back to the whole Trevor Bauer thing, but now you don't have your best two pitchers. You don't have Trevor Bauer. You don't have Clayton Kershaw. Now I say they're best to it. They also, you know, we we have to remember they still have Walker Bueller, who's pretty good. But you know, you have lost two fifths of your rotation within a week. And uh, so, you know, the good news, I guess, for the Dodgers is that the All Star break is coming up. Um, so they'll be off. You know, it, they shut him down now. He'll be off. You know, the Dodgers don't start playing again until Thursday, the next Thursday. You know, uh, hopefully it's just missing a start or two. But when you start talking about inflammation in an elbow, uh, (laughs) it makes you uh, very, very nervous. But this was a game last night. It was a bullpen game for both teams. 
and uh, the Dodgers just couldn't get it done. Kenley Jansen uh, struggled a bit, and that's why Yuseta was in the game. Uh, Kenley Jansen actually struggled a little bit. They got him out of there, brought Yuseta in, and uh, <laughs> Jesus Aguilar said thank you very much. By the way, speaking of Kenley Jansen, uh, Jansen is insulted. <laughs> he he met with reporters yesterday and made it known that uh, he is insulted that he was not named to the All-Star team. And, you know, whether you like Kenley Jansen or not, and, you know, there's no question that he has been one of the uh, best relievers in Major League Baseball over the last half dozen years or so. Uh, look, this is a guy that has saved, you know, 40 games in a season, a couple of three times in his career, I think. Um, and uh, was having a nice year this year as well. You know, he's got 21 saves this year in 23 opportunities. He's got an ERA of 1.27. So you could all, you could say that, you know, he may have a point, but he's insulted. He just wanted to make it clear to Major League Baseball that they insulted him. So, uh, his feelings have been hurt. And last night he went out and gave up a hit and a walk uh, in two-thirds of an inning. He had to get him out of there. And so uh, that was the difference last night when they went to the USETA. Instead of leaving in the guy that's your closer, uh, you know, they took him out and it bit Dave Roberts in the hiney last night. Uh, I mentioned the Padres losing. They didn't just lose. They got uh, hammered 15-5 to by the Washington Nationals. Chris Paddock with the worst outing of his career. Uh, two innings, nine hits, Nine runs. Ouch. Uh, Patrick Corbin, on the other hand, started for Washington, went six solid, gave him seven, uh, gave him seven hits and two runs, uh, and uh, they uh, got drilled. Juan Soto, who announced yesterday that he is going to participate in the home run derby, hit his 11th home run uh, of the season last night. 15 runs on 17 hits for the Washington Nationals. There's still a game under 500, but again, in that National League East, uh, they're in the mix. You know, the Mets are in first, but it's four over Washington, four and a half over Atlanta, and four and a half over Philly. Um, that one looks like it's going to go right down to the wire. Uh, the Astros beat the Athletics uh, in that series last night. They've won the first two games of that series. They win the first one or the second one last night, uh, 4-3. to uh, Sean I took the loss for the Athletics last night. Jose Altuve and... Uh, uh, Kyle Tucker with home runs in that game for the Astros. Joey Gallo, who also entered the home run derby yesterday, hit a couple of home runs uh, yesterday for the uh, Texas Rangers as well. That is going to do it for us here this morning. And uh, internet and uh, power provided, we will be back tomorrow morning with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with a new song from Gabby Barrett. It's called Footprints on the Moon. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.